Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Welcome back to Lead Off. Jay Bankley and Kramer the Crame Dog produced the operation. Last night, I attempted to talk to Matt Lane, who had a storm roll through where he was talking, got to one bar on the cell phone, but part of that uh, outstanding draft guide uh, that Kent Swanson, ArrowheadPride.com, uh, put out with Craig Stout, Kent, Jake Morley, and one Matt Lane. What's up, Matt? Oh, we're back. Hopefully uh, hopefully, the service sticks this time so we can get a little bit farther into our conversation about the draft, maybe. Yeah, I hope so, man. I hope so. Your draft guide is doing well. We talked a little bit that last night. Uh, Gum.co backslash KC Draft Guide 2020. I love this because you guys basically look at how many prospects, 225 ride up, something like that. You guys are busy. Yeah, no, we're going to have over 250 grades this year. We're going to push close to 273, and then over 225 ride ups, strengths, weaknesses, and what we do different. We're giving you how exactly you guys are going to fit with the Chiefs, whether it's past usage from the coaches of that position type, how we think they'll fit in with the current roster. So it's very chief centric, which is something you don't get from the National Media's draft guide coverage that you see out there. All right, Matt, i got to ask you. I know that you guys uh, last week had Cam Dantzler, the uh, corner for Mississippi State, um, in your in your top of your mock, which I understand the corner. I'm leaning linebacker at this direction, but could be swayed to the cornerback position. He does not run a good 40 time. Where do you sit now on number 32 if you were on the clock in your Brett Veach? Unfortunately, Cameron Danford does have to be out. That 4-6-4, you just, that's too much risk in the first round. The good news is, I think that could push him down to the end of the second, maybe third round. So he's still on my board, but that 40 times got to improve. As far as the first round, yeah, it's early right now before free agency. But I'm leaning towards corners. They only have two on the roster right now. I don't know if they're going to spend big in free agency. So I'm kind of looking at cornerback there at the end of round one. And a guy that I kind of been creeping back up for me is going to be Trevon Diggs, cornerback out of Alabama, just because he fits the play style, the size, and has the arm length that Spagnuolo really likes. This is a relatively short-armed cornerback group, so grabbing one of those longer guys might have to be the end of round one. In my mock draft that I put out this week, round two, pick 63, I had the Chiefs going Noah Igbagani from, uh, from Auburn. Uh, ran a four four eight. I don't know if you see. He seems to be climbing, and not only that. I think a lot of people were skeptical at first because he used to play wide receiver before transferring the corner. But excellent returner, two career uh, touchdowns in the return game as well. He may not be as ready to play right away, but uh, a guy that played against top competition, the SEC, and again, I, I, the Chiefs might need someone to play right away. Yeah, and with. 
about this guy uh uh matt we're looking at the chiefs because i think the running back position because interesting because i do feel at number 32 if you're going by the philosophy of best player available it could be a running back with deandre swift or jonathan taylor or jk dobbins it looked like swift was going to be earlier but you know how things work one of the guys that i've been intrigued on and i don't know where you guys have him and I'm really intrigued. His name is A.J. Dillon. Of course, you know, he is he's at Boston College. But we're talking about a guy that ran 4.53, and he's a big dude, too, over 240 pounds. People are calling him the poor man's Derrick Henry. What round do you see him slipping in? Because I've seen anywhere from the combine raising him up to the third, and I've seen the fourth and fifth for A.J. Dillon. My biggest concern is he wasn't asked to be a big, big part of the passing game at Boston College. And he's a tricky guy because – he had the excellent combine performance. He's had some good production on not a great team, which is kind of the star of the show. So he's going to be enticing. The issue is going to be, I think it's only going to be certain teams who are going to have him really high on the board. I still think he's a guy that can be able to work in an inside heavy zone scheme, a scheme that is asking the running backs to be patient, read blocks, and kind of press the line of scrimmage and rely on quickness and acceleration through the hole. I think he's a one cut and go kind of guy. So a team like the Titans that run a lot of power, a lot of gap schemes, or a pretty standard outside zone where you just make one cut in the ground and get upfield, like a Derrick Henry did, that's where his biggest attraction is going to be. So you might only be limited to a third of the NFL that really fits that mold. But at the end of the third round, he makes a ton of sense. And when he's had a chance to touch the ball, he hasn't been bad on it. He just hasn't had a lot of opportunity. So for the Chiefs, he kind of fits the mold that Brett Beach just talked about liking, the bigger backs that move pretty well, that have good hands. I just don't know if it's fit with the Chiefs' RPO-heavy and all of their inside-outside zone combinations going to be the best thing for his particular skill set. It, it, running back position, Chiefs have five pick, picks as we sit now. They can still do some trading with LDT and, and with Chris Jones. We don't know how that deal is going to end up. But as right now, five picks. Would you pick a running back if you're the Chiefs, or would you stay away from it? With only the five picks myself, I would think I'd stay away from it. They have a lot of guys. They have a couple guys down the practice squad. They have Mike Weber from Ohio State. He was good enough to hold off J.K. Dobbins last year. He's got a lot of work. But J.K. Dobbins could not take a full starting spot from him. So Mike Weber's on the practice squad right now. Are they signed into a street contract? You get Daryl Williams down. Damian Williams is coming off a good run. You have Darwin Thomas. He drafted last year. I think there's enough talent that with only five picks on the golf team, so you pick up some more in the process. I wouldn't mind a mid to late round pick. Maybe a guy that has a little bit more speed, like home run ability to really step in. But with only five, I said I would stick with the guys we have on the roster and see what they have again. 
What about wide receiver? In my latest mock, I have the Chiefs getting Pittman in the third round. He's probably going to be a little bit earlier than the Chiefs. It might be a pie in the sky. They might have to move up to get him. I just want somebody over 6'1", because 6'1 is Byron Pringle. That's the tallest guy as far as the Chiefs receiver right now at 6'1". I just think adding 6'4 into the mix is the one the, the one knife the Chiefs don't have in the drawer. Yeah, if, if I'm building a football team, I, by all means, I'm getting somebody with size from this draft. Antonio, Andy Golden, Michael Pittman. You got a bunch of guys you can choose from there that would come after the top, you know, after the second round. Big the Chiefs have, but Andy Reid historically has gone for guys that are pretty much in that six foot, six one range or smaller, a little bit quicker. His game emphasizes separation more than the ability to win at the touch point. I would love to see them stray away. You know, they gave Kelvin Benjamin a shot a couple years ago, didn't really pan out. I would love him to take another shot on a guy like that. I'd like that red belt threat, a guy to the size. I just wonder if we're going to be looking more for another guy that's a little bit more about separation and his explosive ability rather than the ability to win at the catch point. I just hope it's not another guy under completely six foot. I would be happy with anyone in that six, six foot one, 200 to 210 pound range would be a win for me given our injury's history at wide receiver. See, see, I'm good with the Chiefs and what they have because they do have the explosive receivers. I'm just thinking they're going to see a lot more cover three, a lot more like the Niners did where the the big, more physical underneath guys would come into play. Not only that, Sammy Watkins was extremely physical, and if you don't bring him back, you are missing that element of his game. Oh, yeah, and that's the biggest thing on my list is hey, we've got to bring in a guy that can play against press coverage. Like, I don't even, it doesn't matter exactly what size they are. Obviously, bigger, faster, better, but we need a guy that can play up on the line of scrimmage to be that X wide receiver and they can beat Richard Sherman off press technique and then get behind him. You've got to have enough speed, but you've just got to have someone that can play on the line of scrimmage, they can block, and they can handle that physicality. So if you want to give me a, a Donovan people's zone, or a Denzel Mims, you have good size. They're not massive guys. They have good size and that athletic ability. By all means, give me that right now. I just am a little hesitant to think they're going to go with the super big catch point only kind of guy as much as they could use it looking at their entire wide receiver depth chart right now. One of my favorite guys, Matt Lane, at Chief in Carolina on Twitter. This guy breaks down film. He breaks down players. Even has players respond to him at different times. He's part of this outstanding draft guide uh, that Arrowhead Pride has put together that launches on April 6th. Had a copy of it last year and used it a lot during the draft. Matter of fact, you guys, along with the NFL teams, uh, seem to like players more than the consensus national media, so props to you guys. Oh, thank you for that. Anybody that wants to see a quick little sample, you head over to arrowheadcrowd.com right now or my Twitter at Chiefs in Carolina. There's a link that will take you to an AJ Epinesa kind of directly of what's going to go into the draft guide. But it's all right up on him. It's posted out there for people to see. But that's essentially exactly what's going to go in the draft guide. You see the combine performance, strength, weaknesses, and then you see how he fits with the Chiefs and where we think he'll get drafted. So we just dropped that little preview out there for everybody, and you can find that at arrowheadpride.com or at Chief and Carolina on Twitter. Get yourself a little preview and then maybe a code off to the draft guy to get a 20% discount. Great stuff, Matt. We'll talk to you soon, my friend. Uh, thank you, J.D. Have a good weekend. There you go, Matt Lane, arrowheadpride.com. I went running back in the fifth, uh, Kareem Dog, and I know you're a uh, a draft Nick too. And I think the more and more people are And we saw with the ratings, you know, exploding from what they were a season ago by putting it in prime time. I went with the reach in the fifth round, not a reach. I think he'll go in the fifth or sixth. Michael P Ryan. He's the running back from Florida. Now he's not going to, uh, again, I, I'm okay with the chiefs getting the running back because you should always get somebody and you don't have to overreach on a running back fifth round. 
because of Andy Reid, what he likes. And we talk about A.J. Dillon there. He might be too big. He, he only had 13 catches last year at Boston College, but he gives you that thunder and lightning mix. I know that's the cliche people like, the thunder and lightning mix. But he gives you that pounder, you know, towards the end of the game when you need to pound out some yards, give Pat Mahomes those first, first downs. And, again, the Chiefs last year, 48% on third down, led the NFL. But P. Ryan, 40 catches for 262 last year. 676 yards rushing. He had 826 the year before. Not a lot because Florida used running backs by committee, but a respectable 5.1 per. And then, of course, the 40 catches out of the backfield. And I remember Kareem Hunt, that was his thing. He didn't catch the ball very much, but he exploded his last year at Toledo in the passing game. And I know Jonathan Taylor, because of the way the NFL is now, like he made an emphasis to catch the football this year more than it. Because he had like eight catches a year at Wisconsin. He had, well, exploded. I use that term loosely for 26 catches. But he had no touchdowns receiving. But Jonathan Taylor ended up with two in the first game. Like five overall for Wisconsin. Like he was out to prove that he could catch the football. And I've always thought Andy Reid wants you to block first. That's the ultimate, most important for Max Protect, for for Chiefs running backs, and then catching the ball out of the backfield. And then running. And I know it sounds weird for running back, but the the passing game is an extension of the running game. But I, I think a versatile running back is kind of what this offense and what Andy Reid needs. And it's a good, solid fit that you, honestly, you don't need the running back, but you do. That's the thing. Well, I mean, it depends. I think it's going to be a huge dilemma, bro. Pick 32 is going to be really interesting. And here's the thing. Will there be a team that's willing to move up to grab that from the Chiefs? And I say this because there could be Jonathan Taylors of the world. If, they, if people don't think the Chiefs are going running back, they could try to squeeze up to the top of the second round. But again, the Chiefs sitting at 32 would put you already up there to where you don't have to worry about that for the next day. Because I do feel elite running backs will be there at 32. I, I do too, but I don't think it's the top priority for the Chiefs right now. I really don't think so. No, I, I, I don't either. And, I mean, I know they can win with or without. Because, I mean, just give Darwin Thompson more chances. I feel like he could at least improve his game. And then you have Damian I Williams, don't know if who's he's the, the 22nd best running back that the NFL put out. Well, Darwin, one of the things we had on Darwin that we talked a lot about in, in training camp was blocking ability. It's something that he worked on, and I thought he got better at. He was blown up in training camp. It went viral. He was blown up. But then in the Bengals game in the preseason, he had a decleating block. And then we started to see him used more for the Chiefs because of, well, Dylan McCullough put him in. You know, the enemy and Reed didn't realize what was going on, but down the stretch, the Chiefs trusted him more than LaShawn McCoy. He started to get the Raiders game where he came to life and was able to extend drives. And then they used him in a big game against New England. They used not, not a ton, but they did use Darwin Thompson. But can he be that? And again, I think Darwin Thompson and Tano Pass, you know, probably the strongest pound for pound guys. And Darwin, I think, is the strongest pound for pound guy on the Chiefs roster. But you can never go wrong with running backs. And Damian Williams looked great in the postseason. He did. He deserves all the props and accolades he gets. But the Chiefs do need that guy during the regular season. Like that was nice for Pat to be able to turn the ball over around and hand off to Darwin Thompson. I mean, there's nothing better than running the football at the end of the game to salt it away. I mean, you could ask Pat to do it. He had to do it in the postseason. Remember, Pat, Pat Mahomes is the lead, leading rusher for the Chiefs the first two playoff games. I don't think that's something you want to see. And maybe this coming into the next season, 
Williams, Williams might have a different mindset to think that, okay, this is my year. This is my year that I'm going to show out. Let all them haters think that, oh, I'm just a, a postseason wonder. This is my season. Then I'll get to the postseason again, and we'll still flourish. <laughs> I, that's what I'm hoping. I, we, what, that's what we see coming in a training camp. We'll see. I, I'm curious where they go. I still have number one. I still have linebacker Zach Bond because he's a good off-ball linebacker. He can play weak side. I think he's a perfect fit for Spagnola and what he wants to do. In round two, I still went corner. Round three, wide receiver. In round four, went interior lineman Nick Harris, who could play center or guard, whichever one you want him uh, to do. So I went that direction. But coming up next, Trez Paler had an outstanding interview with Pat Mahomes this week. We discussed that next. We'll come back to the leadoff, Jay Binkley and Kramer the Kramer Dog producing the operation. Uh, some Royals news. Jeff Flanagan, MLB.com, which, by the way, don't forget about uh, April 3rd. You can check the details, 610sports.com. Vern, Goldberg, Flanagan, the panel at Rye on the Plaza. Get your tickets today for that for uh, Royals fans that really want some good information. It's good to have. Talk about these guys in spring training every day. Jeff Flanagan says, Mike Matheny said the surgeon who performed Adalberto Mondesi's surgery examined Mondesi again yesterday and provided a glowing report. Royals hopeful Mondesi will start playing Cactus League games this week. Still on track for him to be ready opening day. They need him, man. As I've said, Alberto Mondesi, more talent than anybody. You got to think about this. He went three stolen bases away from the Major League lead last year, and he only played in 102 games. And I was at that game that he hurt his shoulder and diving for that foul ball, and I was thinking... All the talent in the world this kid has, it, it, it's its good for the Royals that they have him. This, this town has got a couple of 24-year-old studs in Mahomes and Modesty. Now, Modesty needs to have a Solera-type year. What I mean by, is, is durability. Because, you know, last year, Solera, 162 games, no one's important. Like, Modesty, I, I talked to somebody that worked with the Royals one time in, the, in, in before a game, and I was talking about Mondi, and... Because he, he had, that was back when he had his power stroke. Because he actually hit longer distance home runs than anybody in the team. He can hit home run. He can hit first, second, third. He can hit anywhere. Staying healthy. Because Mondesi, he is an agitator when he gets on the base pass. He is the best stolen base guy we have seen. I know Witt's been great and Witt led the league. Mondesi's different, man. Mondesi pushes him. And Mondesi's kind of taken over that role. Mondesi is so damn fat. He can, he can beat out the balls to first base. He can steal. He's got power. Guy can do everything. I'd like to see him healthy. When you first said the have that Jorge Soler type year, I thought I really thought maybe hit thirty home runs. He can do that. Yeah, he could if he wants to. It's, but that's not his job. His I, job is get on base. I don't mean ribbies and home runs like Jorge Soler. I mean just durability. Oh yeah, Jorge that, played in all one hundred and sixty two last year. That was huge. Like this team's got some guys that are fun to watch. Alberto Mondesi to me is. He, I remember doing the Royal stuff, and I was like, every day I was telling people in the post game, every day this guy's going to do something. We had the on base streak last year to start off the year, didn't he? Just every well, it was wit. I was wit, yeah. But every day he wit, wit to me is the most underrated player we've ever seen, as far as being underrated. Mondesi might be the most talented. Difference: everything is easy for Mondi. Wit works extremely hard at what he does. Mondi, things come naturally to him. This is a good team. Yeah, this is a very it, good it's team. It's fun to watch. And I, I mean, I, I think it's about the 2018 draft class. 
you know, guys that you're going to see maybe not right away, but eventually see like Brady Singer and Jackson Coar and Daniel Lynch and Kyle Isbell in the outfield who's got some Alex Gordon-like tendencies with the glove. But uh, Tress Paler of Yahoo Sports uh, caught up with uh, Pat Mahomes in an interview, and I love some of these things he said. Quote, when you look back on your career at the end of your career, you want to look back and see a lot of success, a lot of wins, a lot of Super Bowl wins, hopefully. Something where I want to look back and see a lot of success, said Mahomes. And I like that because he, he's he got that uh, winning feeling now. Says in college, I didn't win a lot of games, never got to win a state championship or anything like that in high school. So to be on top, especially at the level of the NFL, and to be able to say I'm a champion is something I'll be able to have the rest of my life. He cares about the stuff, and he wants it. It's contagious. You heard Brett Veach, Andy Reid to go back to work as soon as the parade's done. They want more. They're not They're not content or satisfied. Mahomes cares about his place in the game, and he wants to collect rings. And I absolutely love that attitude. I mean, he spent two weeks having fun, and he's back throwing the Des Bryant, and, and you name it, which Trez does address that. But Trez Paler was on with the drive, and he talked about – Mahomes and the quote that he likes Kansas City has he ever really seen this? Treads really seen this from other athletes because Pat Mahomes really does love Kansas City. No, I, I can't, um, and I I think it's genuine too. Like you know, Pat's pretty buttoned up um, in general as far as his public persona goes. So to see him like really kind of let loose during the parade, um, I, I think it was really genuine, man. And you know, he seemed to really enjoy the moment. And I think more than anything, he he, he appreciates the people here. Um, you know, for kind of, for kind of like feeding that energy. You know what I mean? Um, I, I know that he's not done yet. I know he wants to win many more, but um, he, he likes, he really likes being Kansas City, and he appreciates. Uh, I've heard this from a lot of people, man. Just I think he appreciates the way he's treated here in the Pee City. So. Right now, we're talking. I think to- that quote just kind of reflects that. Because he's talking about Mahomes, and that quote reflects it. Do you know there was actually people that doubted Mahomes? I remember doing this show saying you're way too high on the guy. He hasn't proven himself. He didn't win at Texas Tech. That stuff was real. The stuff about not winning games and promise and hope with Pat Mahomes, that existed. Not everybody was on the same page in the beginning. Therese was asked about that, and he reminisced about the fact that not everybody was on the same page with Mahomes coming out of the draft. Oh, guys, no, absolutely. No, that was a real thing. I think his last year at Texas Tech, they won like five games or something. I mean – in the history of the NFL, evaluators have liked to use, like, obviously quarterback wins in college as a as a tool to kind of evaluate properly. But, you know, he just didn't have a whole lot of them. Now, if you looked at it objectively, you'd understand that, and this is what I did and why he was on my all-juice team, you know, that defense stunk. He was, he was trying to outscore other teams. He had to because his defense was giving up 40 a game. I'm not lying. It really was that much. So of course he's going to be out there trying to trying to make some you know trying to make some um, some risky throws, right? But um, that's why evaluating the quarterback remains so difficult. It is one of the hardest things to do in sports. Um, there were absolutely people saying, you know, where are all the wins at? You know, that it 100 percent despite his stats, despite the tape, which is why he was considered to be a second round pick by many. Uh, for most of that process. And that's what it helped the Chiefs uh, kind of uh, be able to get one Patrick Mahomes. Of course, we've seen uh, him work out with Des Bryant. There are those that want to see Des Bryant, which 
would bring uh, physicality to the Chiefs. His height is very similar to what they already got on the roster at 6-1. But he's been throwing the Dez down in down in Dallas. And uh, Therese was asked, how realistic is a Dez Bryant signing with the Chiefs? I mean, I don't, I don't know, to be honest. Um, I think it's cool that he's working out with Mahomes. They're both in the same, you know, training center. Um, I think Mahomes likes Dez, and he seems to be, like, in pretty good shape. So, I mean, who knows? You know, we, we know that the Chiefs are going to be a destination for teams, I mean, excuse me, for players who want to get a ring because they've already proven they can do it and they've got the most dangerous quarterback in the NFL. So, you know, you never say never on these types of things. Um, you know, I, I think you're going to see a lot of veterans over the next decade want to come here and ring chase. So we'll, we'll see. It's that Mahomes magnet. The guys want to come here and ring chase. It's the uh, place you check if your free agent's coming to Kansas City. I mean, obviously the money's going to be tight with the Chiefs because they've got to pay Mahomes, and whether they pay Chris Jones or not, the money is going to be tight with the Chiefs. But the Mahomes magnet, we've already seen it in effect when they were able to bring in Terrell Suggs, who avoided retirement by coming out and playing for the Chiefs. It's real, and it's already happening. I think that happened with Terrell Suggs, who made it clear to people before he went on waivers that he only wanted to return. Uh, for the Ravens, and then he changed his mind because the Chiefs had Mahomes and were a good team that could win a Super Bowl. That was obviously a good decision. Let me tell you where else that might have played a little bit of a role. The Honey Badger. Despite what anyone in Houston wants to tell you, they wanted him back down there. Um, you know, they, they made a good offer. But Tyron Matthew believed in Mahomes, and he wanted to come here for that reason, which is part of the reason. Um, those guys, you know, him, Frank Clark, Patrick have all been so linked and on the same page. Like those guys understand what they have and they, they do appreciate that, but they also take great pride. And I want to make sure we do this because I'm guilty of this too. We do talk a lot about the quarterback in this town and for good reason, but um, you know, as close as those guys are with Mahomes, you know, this couldn't have been had possible without some great individual players on defense that took it upon themselves to shore up um, what was an Achilles heel for the last pre, but two years. So, yeah, no, it, it, it's already playing a role, and it, it's only going to continue to grow here, Sean. I was driving around yesterday, Kramer, and was just thinking, sitting there looking over the skyline of Kansas City, thinking, you know what, Kansas City's not the biggest town in America. It's not even close to the biggest media market outside the top 30. Get a world championship baseball team. Get a world championship football team within five years. Pretty unbelievable, to be honest with you. Chiefs are playing on house money. They are. They've got the ring. They've got the quarterback. They have what everybody else in the league wants. Finally, Kansas City has something the rest of the league wants. We've talked all the time about a a, uh, franchise quarterback. I used to liken the Royals' bullpen, HDH, to having an elite quarterback because it's something that everybody wanted in the league. Everybody tried to find that. Everybody wanted that answer. It's why relievers started to get paid so much. It was something special that Dayton created that nobody else has. Now they've got the quarterback. And life is good. Let's go to Crazy Ray, who wants to talk about the Chiefs draft. What's up, Crazy Ray? Uh, I, I think the Chiefs draft is really good. I also want to say one thing. What, Ray? What are you talking about? Really good? They haven't done it. Um, I think that I think that we need to we need to draft some wide receivers, but also we need to keep Patrick Mahomes for a reason. We need we need someone to help out Kelsey. But also, one more thing I'd like to say is that uh, 
I talked with the Urban Youth Academy to give Kansas City a chance to vote for 2025. If they can enlarge their field and make a stadium out of it, down at 15th and past all of all that land, and if they really want a stadium downtown, there it is. Not way downtown, but a little bit closer to downtown. All that land, you can make a big stadium right there on 15th Street. And you can block off 15th Street because I-70 is right, not right there. And there's your Royal Stadium. Have a nice day. Huh? Crazy Ray. Goodbye, buddy. All right, Crazy Ray. Have a good time. I hope you're not in the hospital again because he's called us a few times. He said he had 20 minutes left, so it's a good thing you got him in. Is he, he calling from the hospital again? No, he's had, on his phone. Last time he called us from what the doctor was trying to talk to him. Yes, in the middle of his Chiefs take. I remember that. Yeah, Ray Ray used to only call me about Alcides Escobar. Loved him. Loved him. Esky's really good. No, no, was. But but yeah, he was his favorite player. I mean, he was. It was all Escobar talk. Yeah, I'm glad. I hope Ray's feeling all right. You know, Ray's been calling uh, throughout the years. Tris Paler also said something else about how big this draft is. It's been debated. How big is this draft for the Chiefs? Huge. We'll talk about it next. Welcome back to leadoff. Jay Binkley and Kramer, the Crame Dog. Dusty Likens, Nick Price, Out of Bounds. Comes your direction from noon until 2, live and local, leading right into Iowa State at Kansas State basketball to kind of uh, end the regular season uh, for the Kansas State Wildcats. It's going to be an interesting March Madness. <laughs> Just KU. What do you mean? People are going to care about the the draft, I think, more. And I think the XFL is going to be interesting. We see the XFL verse March Madness ratings. Kramer and I are both big XFL fans. Uh, the text line likes Crazy Ray, I've noticed. Uh, Cream Dog. You either love Crazy I mean, who doesn't love Crazy Ray? From the text line, Ray is a blanking legend. Ray's been calling for about eight years. Um, he called me a lot during the uh, the postseason run in 14 and 15. Uh, from a Hardee's, he called me from a quick trip once. He's called me from a hospital bed. Uh, but one thing is for sure, Ray likes to get his uh, his takes in. So Crazy Ray is always welcome to the call. Always. Always. He is a blanking legend. That's right. That's right. Uh, well, I had an interesting day. Were you, were you with me that day that Ray called in from a hospital bed? And, yes. Uh, and we had a, somebody on house arrest call? Yes. Were you, were you doing yes, that? Yes, that was me. Yep. He was a great guy. He had a lot of takes. We had a lot of time to sit around and think about it. He oh, was yeah. on high house arrest. Oh, yeah. Was, uh, there's nothing else to do if you're on house arrest. I, I've never been on house arrest, but I think there'd be a lot of free time. I mean, if I was going to be arrested, I'd rather be on house arrest than anything else. It'd be great. Yeah, I'd be home just watch football. It's pretty <laughs> much what you do now, right? Yeah. We, we haven't had anybody calls from a prison yet. I don't think <laughs> that will ever happen. I'm waiting for you to take a collect call from Leavenworth. I mean, they do listen to radios, I'm assuming. Will you take a click call from Levin? Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. Put them right on. I'll put them on first, man. I won't waste their time. You want to call from the pen? I've got all day. You are front of the line. Usually take all callers by who calls in first, but you call from a prison, boom. I want to hear your takes. Text line likes Chase Claypool a lot. Not only that, as far as the draft, he's a wide receiver from Notre Dame. Nice year last year, 1,037 yards and 13 games, 13 touchdowns. But more impressive about Chase Claypool is he's 6'4 and about 238 pounds. And he stole the show at the Combine, and I think he stole some of the thunder from Albert O. Albert O, the tight end from Missouri, ran a 4'49 four, uh, four, four, at 258 pounds. But what Chase Claypool did is unbelievable. 
And this is the new era of the NFL. Guys are bigger, faster, stronger than they've ever been. Look at Chase Claypool. He ran a 4-4-2 at 238 pounds. The only wide receivers to be 6-4 at at least 239 pounds, or 235 pounds, excuse me, was Megatron. How did he work out? He ran a 4-3-5. Claypool runs a 4-4-2. So, and people were thinking Claypool's going to grow himself into a tight end. Remember when Booger said that what the, was he talking about Kelvin Benjamin being a Popeye's biscuit short of a tight end? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, you have to worry about people's body composition and weight when you get too big, but when you can smoke a 4-4-2 and a 40 at 238 pounds, something tells me you like to work out. After all, I witnessed the combine at 6'10". Sports machine goes shirtless. Yeah. But, I, yes, Chase Claypool, by the way, in Matt Miller's latest mock draft, he did a three-round post-combine mock, and Matt does a great job with his mocks. He's actually got Claypool going to the Chiefs in the second round at pick 63. And, again, I do think it's a necessity. We say, well, this team needs so much. Well, you got to replace the offensive weapons. You do, and this is the place to do it. It's the NFL draft. You're not paying somebody $16 million a wide receiver like Sammy Watkins. You're getting young production from the NFL. And right now, you're, you're seeing right now the NFL's got the best wide receiver class that it possibly could ever have, and it's going to rival the 90. And the 96 class is ridiculous, but it could end up. We don't know what's going to happen yet. You never know until a couple years down the road where you can look back and make a definitive statement on a draft. But athletes are going to play wide receiver now instead of running back. They just are. You know, Odell Beckham probably could have been a great running back at LSU, but he went the wide receiver. Talented running backs are going to the wide receiver position because that's where the money is now in the NFL. Look at Sammy Watkins, the money he got. Like running backs, ask Le'Veon Bell how, how valuable they are. He was the best running back in the league. Nobody wanted him. Squid sit out. Find out how valuable they are this year with King Henry. But the bottom line is people want wide receivers. This has become a passing league. This draft is huge for that. That's why I think this year the Chiefs have to get a wide receiver in the top three. Always try to get Pat Mahomes some weapons. Here's Terrence Paler on how big the draft is this year for the Chiefs. Yeah, the draft is actually going to be huge uh, for what they want to do because I know that they want to bring back Chris Jones. Like I know they want to bring back Sammy Watkins, but if you're going to have all that money tied up in Frank and Tyron and Patrick and everyone else, you know, uh, you have to hit on your draft picks. Uh, you got to do a good job in the mid-rounds. And sometimes that just means sheer numbers, right? Uh, just sheer number of picks. So, uh, as it relates to the draft, I really wouldn't be surprised if they entertained a move down. I think the Chiefs could get from 32 to 40 by getting another top 100 pick. That'd be smart. I think this is a strong draft. I think if they move down to the 40th range, they'll get somebody that might have been top 25, top 30 another year. Um, I think that would make a lot of sense. But if they can't move down, they're going to get a really good player at 32. Like, they really are. So, it just really comes down to who's left and you know, kind of what's out there as far as offense go. But I think um, kind of no matter how you're looking at it, um, the Chiefs are in a nice position to continue to add to the core that's really going to need it. And a lot of positions, too, not just defense. We always talk about but offensive lines. You know, they've got to start protecting this, uh, this uh, very expensive investment that they are about to make in Patrick Mahomes. I mean, there's going to be some moving and shaking 
in that second round where teams might garner that 32 pick and be willing to uh, to talk with the Chiefs. Maybe Ross Blacklock, who some have mocked to the Chiefs. He's a defensive tackle from TCU. Grant Delpit, the safety. Maybe people garner the safety position, a guy that can play different positions. Honey Badger was on Twitter today saying he's a defensive player. Don't call him just the safety, which, to be honest with you, he lined up more at slot corner last year than he did at the safety position. Isaiah Simmons, who I think could be top to bottom outside of Joe Burrow, and Chase Young, the best player in this year's NFL draft. I'm not kidding. From Olathe North High School, dude's a freak, 4-3-9-40. Guy won the Buckets Award winners, the best uh, linebacker in the country. Played a lot of safety. Guy could do everything in his size, but it could be garnered. But again, 32 is going to be a prime place for the Chiefs to pick. They're going to have their pick of the litter, basically everybody else after that first round. And there's going to be teams that probably want to move into that spot because they value the running backs. Because if a Jonathan Taylor's still sitting there, or Christian Fulton, the uh, cornerback at LSU, although it would probably help the Kansas City Chiefs to go ahead and draft Christian Fulton. Zach Bond would be my guy from Wisconsin, the off-ball linebacker. I like Bond a lot. I, I, really do, do. I do too. I do too. And, you know, 12 and a half sacks this year, and he's not a pass rusher. He's the guy that I think could fit in a 4-3 or a 3-4. He could do both. He's that hybrid-type spy player because, again, you're going to need spies, and Pat Mahomes is going to face a lot of 10-set defense because – they're going to have a spy on him. Instead of 11 guys, there's going to be the 10th guy spying Mahomes because he showed that ability. Because he only ran for 50 yards once in 2018, 53 against the Raiders. But he started adding 50-yard games, had his best rushing performance in Mexico uh, City against the Chargers, and then in the playoffs led the Chiefs in rushing because I think it was a byproduct of Andy Reid spreading out the offense. But you want to build it, build it the drafts with the Seahawks. I think John Schneider does miraculous work with the Seahawks. <clears throat> And what he's able to do with some of the undrafted guys and finding gems and sweating out Russell Wilson to the third round. But it ultimately paid off uh, for the Seahawks. And Brett Veach is riding on a hell of a year. Both the draft, everybody's still on the roster, free agency. Veach hit home run after home run. Now he wants to prove himself. He's back to work uh, the very next day. But I don't know, Cream Dog. I think this... uh, I think the NFL draft is fun. I'm glad that uh, it's been moved to primetime. Joe Burrow says he's going to go to Vegas. There was question whether he's going to go or not. He needs to go. Oh, he's, he's going. He, he says he to. wants to go to casinos. Will I'm, the Bengals take him? Will the Bengals be stupid like they were in 2017 with Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes on the board? And we all give the Bears a ton of crap in the Bills. But picking ninth that year, Cincinnati Bengals. You know what they could do? John Ross, fastest man ever in the 40. John Ross is a hell of a player. He's been injured a lot. Hell of a player, but he's no Mahomes or Watson. Now they're talking about dealing Dalton, which they probably will do. Dalton will end up with a different team. And then it's the Joe Burrow arrow in Cincinnati, which I think going forward is going to be Burrow-Mahomes talk, like Lamar Jackson in that category, the new young blood of quarterbacks. That's how much I think of Joe Burrow. You know what they could do? Take Chase Young and then take Dexter Lawrence next year. Who's going to throw the ball? Dalton. Dalton's still a good quarterback. No, no, stop, Yes, man. he is. That experiment's been done, man. He's, it's been tested. He's it's a gamer. Tried. He's a gamer. This coming from somebody no that has Colt Brennan in his top five all-time college football players. A. Dalton has shown that he can win 9 at to 10 Kramer games. At Kramer underscore talks, right? Yes, at Kramer talks. Get Dexter Lawrence next year.
you don't not, mean not that. Dexter, Trevor Lawrence. I don't Trevor know I said Dexter. Lawrence. You meant the quarterback at yeah, Clemson. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence, yeah. He will, you know what's funny is that when you watch Clemson play LSU, that was a battle of two number one picks going yeah. back for two straight years. That was a, it, it, it was great. It was a great football watching time for myself. It was his first loss, Lawrence's first loss. The, the guy's a winner, man. Oh, I can't wait till he's in the league. Really? Oh yeah, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna take it by storm. I hope so. Hope he's in the NFC. I hope Tom Brady ends up with, with Frisco. Hope nah, he's wearing the silver and black. Actually, no. Actually, no. I want to see Brady in the AFC because Brady is no longer a threat. He is fool's gold. Comes with a lot of shine. It's like that fancy car without gas in it. You know. Looks great in the driveway. Got a lot of rings. XFL begins today and tomorrow. Kramer and I always make our Saturday picks. We do it next. Welcome back to leadoff, Jay Binkley and Crame Dog. Dusty Likens, the Dirty Werewolf, and Nick Price take over at noon up until Kansas State and Iowa State at 2 o'clock live and local. Going to give a shout-out now. Little uh, southern corner Missouri. Pop on the farm. Ryan, he's always tweeting great pictures of food, man. His Twitter account makes me so hungry. His grandson, he's got a picture of his grandson smoking his first pork butt uh, and listening to 610 Sports on the app. Appreciate that a lot. Speaking of Southern Missouri, going to be drinking some. The text line wants to know what I'm drinking today. Mother's Winter Grind is going to finish out the winter beer. It's made in Springfield, Missouri at Mother's Brewing Company. Let's go to Dave and KC real quick. What's up, Dave? Uh, hey, Beacon Kramer. How are you guys? We're good, man. How you doing? I'm doing great, thanks. Uh, I wanted to run a couple of uh, what I think could be maybe doomsday scenarios uh, for the draft that we aren't talking about regarding the rest of the AFC West. Uh, this draft is so loaded, and um, if Tua, you know, that there's a possibility one of the teams in our division could trade up and draft him, that make me some ner- that make me nervous. But also, if he goes second, um. You know, the, the talent that's going to be there for the uh, 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 Chargers, you could maybe get Simmons, and that would be a pretty scary safety combination in L.A. Uh, Denver's going to get maybe C.D. Lamb, and then Ruggs would, might still be there at like 17. And that well, would be- Denver's got some nice pieces, no doubt, man. Cortland Sutton's already there. Noah Fant, I think he's going to be an outstanding tight end. And right. uh, But, I, you know, I worry about the coach. I, I think this could be a Bill O'Brien situation in Denver. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Even though he's defensive mind. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I think we're in an era you're you're just making a mistake if you aren't aren't uh, drafting an offensive coach. Uh, but maybe uh, Worfs could go to Denver. But I'd like to, I know you guys do some great draft coverage. I'd, I'd be interested if you guys ever did like a special for each team. What you think would uh, make sense for the other teams in the AFC West? And and who you think will be uh, available there for them to take? Yeah, you bet. And I think the AFC West is going to be interesting. I thought the Raiders, because of the way they drafted, would be the next best team in the AFC. I'll tell they you are. what. I, I really hope the Redskins go ahead and go with the Chase Young, just to keep that guy away from Mahomes. It's fine. Just that, let him play in Washington. Redskins take take him instead of two. I don't know. Two has got the hip. I don't know. Two is going to be a great quarterback, in my opinion. But. Uh, Definitely would go with that. Dusty Likens, the Dirty Werewolf, and Nick Price come your way next. But, Cream Dog, we do have some XFL today starting at 1 o'clock on ABC. Seattle and Houston. Give me Houston because of, uh, well, 
Seattle had the uh, the vendor with the coronavirus, which even is, though they're playing on the road. Uh, just give me Houston. Which is very fishy, but yeah, give me Houston for that. Uh, New York Guardians at Dallas Renegades. Guardians up and down. The Renegades without Landry Jones. He's hurt for a couple weeks. He was hurt on a quarterback sneak. Quarterbacks never get hurt on the sneak. Uh, whatever. Yeah, I, I'm taking New York on this I'll thing. New York, too. Yeah, Luis Perez, man. He's he's the better quarterback in the situation. Tomorrow, two Battlehawks and Defenders. Defenders have lost two straights. Terrible team on the road. Good at home. Give me the St. Louis Battlehawks. Yeah, give me the St. Louis Battlehawks as well. I'm also going to the L.A. Wildcats Battlehawks game in two weeks. There you go. A couple of Missouri wide receivers and Marcus Lucas, local product, Liberty, Missouri, in LaDamian, Washington, with the St. Louis Battlehawks. Vipers! Jerry Glanville, the cowboy hat, defensive coordinator, Taking on those L.A. Wildcats. Vipers, big win over Defenders last week. Yeah, it was a blowout by the, the by the Vipers to the Defenders. Even the Vipers for this week. <laughs> you just know Dusty and Nick love XFL talk. Oh, they do. They're talking, they love it. That, they've been talking about it when they were walking in here. You know what? I'm going to sit down with the zero bar, and I'm going to enjoy the XFL, something that Out of Bounds knows nothing about. And that's called being cool, Kramer. I don't know. They're pretty cool guys. You can yeah, say. they are. They're They're great. Yeah. Love those guys. Love some Dusty Likens and some Nick Price. Love to text these guys during their show. I, I bump around listening to their show. It's one of my favorites. Seriously. Keeps me wildly entertained. They make me laugh. They're going to be my listen to when I head back up to St. Joe after this. I don't like the slander on the zero bar in the XFL, but other I don't than know. That, the zero bar is kind of trash, man. I kind of like it. I hate it. You haven't put in the freezer yet. Well, I mean, you you had all the other zero It's white bars, chocolate, so man. It's good. Yeah. Neil Smith loved it. Zero bars about as good as you do in bench reps. <laughs> that was 60 on. There was 60 reps before that video. Come on, it was terrible. I agree. But I'm not one that filmed myself on form like you liken. Anyway, Dusty and Nick come your direction next without a bounds. Oh, by the way, Kramer, what are you drinking real quick? Uh, give me some either some Coors or Bud Light. Give me some, I got to finish that winter beer off. Text line wants to know, Mother's Winter Grind. Nice. Shout out Crazy Ray. Later. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 